Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. My name is Ash, and in today's episode, we will be talking about dental study clubs. Within the studio, we have our regulars, Robert. Hello. And Lynn. Hi, Ash. Hey, how's it going? Great. Going yeah. great. Yeah. No complaints. Right. Except for the traffic. Except for the traffic. Yeah, it was, it was a weird crazy. day. It was a weird day. It was, yeah, the two-minute drive to get here took like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> for some of us and some others, it took it longer. It did, yes, it did. <laughs> right, right. Oh, goodness. Ash came <laughs> further, so. That is true. I was, think, I was thinking of our last guest. Yes, he did come <laughs> further as well. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, what is a dental study club? A dental study club is really a, a loosely knit group of dentists that get together on a regular basis to exchange ideas, best mm-hmm. practices, and uh, sometimes they're organized for continuing education purposes. I see. You know, but I think one of the biggest benefits of a dental study club, you have to understand really the concept of, of a dental entrepreneur. I see. I mean, they graduate from dental school. In dental school, they've been there with a group of people for four years. Mm-hmm. They're learning things new every day, mm-hmm. and they really develop a close relationship to those people. Mm-hmm. And then they go out into the world, and they have fewer people around them now. And ultimately, a couple of years down the road, they open their own practice. And now who do they have around them? Mm-hmm. They have no dentists around them. They have maybe a front desk person and a chair side. And after a few months, they might hire a hygienist. So they have no one to bounce ideas off of. They have no one really to ask questions of. They have no one to really mentor or be mentored from. To be a sounding board. And to be a sounding board. No and, peers. And, and that's what a dental study club does. It brings together a group of dentists for continuing education, mm-hmm. to share business practices, really to get ideas of what to do and how to do those things. And some study clubs are way more organized than others. You've got the Seattle Study Club. You've got the Spear Study Club. And I'm sure there's a lot of other ones that are that I haven't named. That are highly organized. That are highly organized. I see. Uh, Some of those actually have curriculum that you can draw on from their library. Spear has their library, I think, in Arizona, and you can draw on them for continuing education materials. I see. For the study club. Now, uh, you asked me before we started the recording what some Mm -hmm. of the cons of a study club were, and I said, well, (laughs) there may not be any. But on the other hand, I think some people may view the obligation or the the uh, commitment that, that a doctor needs to make to attend the study club as a con because it does require a commitment. Mm-hmm. And remove some of their flexibility. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, some study clubs meet three or four times a year. Uh, years ago, when I was involved in some of the dental study clubs early in my career, I would go with one of my clients, and, and I think his met the first 
Tuesday of each month or maybe every other month. So it was meeting way more than, you know, three or four times a year. And it was interesting because they would have speakers there that sometimes had nothing to do with dentistry. But I found a couple of the guys that were really motivational. And and I think just the exchange of ideas sometimes really helps uh, motivate the participants to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do on their own. And the, the type of study club you're talking about now is more localized study club, right? Not not a highly organized national study club like Spear. Yes, that's correct. So you're talking about local dentist, maybe friends, that are creating their own study clubs and then getting together, sharing ideas, bringing in outside speakers, that kind of thing. Yes. And a lot of times it'll be uh, people just in the same geographic area. Right. Uh, I know the the client I attended the study club with um, several years ago, it seemed like uh, on the particular street his office was on, they had um, maybe as many as, gosh, I don't remember, maybe six or seven dental offices within wow. two blocks. Mm-hmm. And those guys were all remarkably in the same study club. Because that and sounds I, like competitors. Well, right. I say remarkably because they shared ideas okay. and, and they were literally next door to each other. And so them. even as competitors, they benefited from each other. Yes, okay. they did. They benefited from the exchange of ideas and that, that could include things from marketing to continuing education to how you do certain procedures. How to, you deal with staff. Uh, yeah, staff that, issues. That, that would be my question. <laughs> uh, yeah. Patient uh, con- cancellations, empty and, schedules. Yep. Those kinds of things. All those things. Okay. And a lot of times, a study club will be organized by a specialist for his referral sources. Uh, I know uh, at least one of our clients has a study club like that that I've spoken to. That that's the benefit for him is is to you bring them in. You might serve them dinner, a couple drinks, and Mm -hmm. and uh, provide some educational opportunities for them. And the whole intent for him is marketing. It's for him to get referrals from those people. Uh, he provides their continuing education. And, of course, dentists are like CPAs in that respect. They have to have a certain amount of continuing education annually to maintain their license. I think it's pretty minimal. I don't know what the requirement is, actually, but there is a requirement. And so if they set their study club up properly, you can get credit for that. That's correct. They can get credit for that from their from the board. Yes. There are study clubs that are actually organized by the Academy of General Dentistry. They're called PACE program approval for continuing education, PACE study clubs. And they, obviously, they get continuing education for those meetings. So essentially what I'm understanding is that there's really two ways of going about a study club. One, whether, I mean, one where you're organizing one with your friends or peers, and the other is you're joining an existing one. Is that correct? True, yes. And some are a lot more informal than others, mm-hmm. and uh, they they perform perform a lot of uh, different functions. Some are just social I because the, the doctor, as an entrepreneur, really is the only doctor in his office. He has no one to, no peers mm-hmm. there to bounce ideas off of. So mm-hmm. you get together in the study club, and it gives you a social networking opportunity mm-hmm. to get together and and exchange ideas with the other doctors, uh, <clears throat> not necessarily in your area. And and most study clubs are small. I see. They, they may be, you know, 10 to 12 people. They may be, you know, 20 to 25 people. There's very few, I think, that are larger than that. I see. So in these study clubs, the smaller ones, um, from what I'm understanding is that it's very important to have diversity and, you know, not having all peers with the same level of experience. Because if you want to bounce off of ideas, you may want someone, let's say, with a little bit more experience than a new newcomer who's joining in or maybe someone from a different specialty 
to give them ideas and different how to go sizes. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. You you need people in there that are older and younger. Mm-hmm. You want to have a mentor mentee relationship mm-hmm. on some. You want to have. A, in some cases, you have specialists. Now, in my experience, a lot of the study clubs are either for general dentist or it'll be a specialist that organizes it and has his referral sources coming to the study club. So I don't know. I know there are study clubs of specialists, mm-hmm. but I personally haven't been to any of those meetings. So yeah. they, they may be a little more organized. And I'm also thinking about, you know, from a social media standpoint, these days, you know, I, I know that dentists are also using these groups on Facebook mm-hmm. or other social medias where they're doing exactly the same thing. But what worries me is, and this was something that was also covered in one of our earlier episodes with Joe McGregor, you know, some people in these groups, they have genuine good advice and, you know, tips. But then you have... And some people think they know everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it may be a good tip that actually doesn't apply in your situation. It could be. Depending on the circumstances of your situation, maybe what you said makes it sound like it applies. But if someone with more experience digs into the problem, they go, oh, but you can't because of this or that or something Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to, like Joe said, I think you have to take the advice with a grain of salt because Mm -hmm. sometimes it it comes across as uh, very knowledgeable and sometimes it's it's just more or less BS. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also vested um, interest, I feel like, in a study club. Especially if you're part of it, you, you're not just going to answer something to get accolade. You're actually answering something so that sometime in the future, if you need the help, your peers right. will be able to help you. Right. And you're trying to give the best advice you can. And really, there's, there's a personal relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you're not just throwing something out there, you know the effect it's going to have on that person. And so you want to give them good advice or or say what your limitations maybe Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. This is, in my experience, this is what happened, but you may have a different experience or you may want to take this into consideration. But yeah, I think the personal relationship, which let's be honest, our culture is moving away from personal relationships. Mm -hmm. Everything is text. Everything is technology. Maybe now Zoom, I guess, is going to replace face-to-face meetings, and I think it's going to be a detriment overall to society. I think the personal relationships is what allow you to really mature and grow your practice. So I would I, I would encourage that to continue. And we'll talk more about that in a future episode when we talk about relationship dentistry. Oh, great point. Yeah. I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of the study clubs are – technical in nature Mm. you know it may be where they get together and they do a case presentation and they critique each other and and uh, you've got to be able to to take constructive criticism Uh, but those are technical issues and that's what qualifies for the continuing education and then uh, like you said before a lot of the study clubs have to do with uh, business issues like staff issues or marketing or something else but it's a a great idea. It's a great opportunity for the doctors to get together. And and frankly, anyone could form a study club and get together with, uh, you know, maybe a dozen dentists. I'd keep it small and be as uh, technical as you want to be, but not always. You know, they want to have some socializing, some fun as well to keep people coming back because it Mm -hmm. does require a commitment. It only works, you know, if, if people show up. Right. Right. And and of course, this is physically show up. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're counting on the pandemic. Uh, being in the background and and people returning to face-to-face meetings. But in my experience, the study club meetings I've been to have, have been worthwhile. They've been very interesting. They're not expensive. 
some study clubs okay, charge good. a fee mm-hmm. because they do have hors d'oeuvres or dinner or drinks or something or speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the speakers may appear voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, some may appear uh, for a fee. Mm-hmm. Usually there's someone in charge mm-hmm. of the study club and they'll take ideas from all the members mm-hmm. and then they'll, there may be a committee of two or three people that'll whittle it down to, you know, the, the topics that, that are going to be covered. Uh, and then they try to publish, you know, similar to our podcast, they try to publish a schedule of, of the next two or three topics that'll be presented. Uh, but again, it only works if there's a commitment from those involved and the commitment is, you know, time, not so much money, just time to show up. Uh, but the benefit is that it um, helps them satisfy their continuing educational requirement. Well, and it satisfies the camaraderie aspect of life as well, which is mm-hmm. is a big part of overall well-being, I think. It is. And, and honestly, uh, I think I actually read somewhere that dentists that attend a study club have actually been shown to provide I don't know how you say it, but they they do better dentistry okay. on their mm-hmm. patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're just more engaged. Uh, they're probably more successful because they're more engaged and they stay more up to date on procedures because they have that continuing, ongoing educational process. Right. Because frankly, there are some dentists that I also read in one of these articles that um, graduate from dental school and that's the last time they have education for the next I 30 years. I absolutely believe it. <laughs> you know, I often wonder about myself. If I wasn't forced, would I have yeah, any more education? Absolutely. There yeah. would be years when I would coast by. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. but that doesn't happen. Well, we're just, we're, just uh, we're busy. We're busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it is good to keep your skills current. And to be looking at at what your peers are doing, whether they're competitors or not, because your patients are going to ask, my friend had this done, and what do you think about that, and can you do that, and does that apply to me, And, and you need to be at least peripherally aware of those kinds of things. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, veneers and implants, now those are pretty much normal things these days, but a lot of times when they were new, Mm -hmm. uh, somebody would, um, you know, talk about an implant and Mm -hmm. most doctors couldn't do them. Mm -hmm. So they would have to refer that out. And anytime you refer a patient out, you you should be concerned about whether they're going to come back or not. Right. So it helps these people keep their skills up to the level that's required to, to provide the patients whatever service they need. So, Robert, you know, earlier you mentioned that usually in a study club, there's someone in charge. So when the study club is formed, let's say, you know, a small one with just 12 dentists, uh, does that person always remain in charge or do they have some kind of democratic system where, you know, that that role gets moved around? I think it varies from club to club, but uh, in every club I've ever read about or been involved in, you know, there's the person that organizes it and they're just kind of naturally the leader as it starts out. But then that person is going to give someone else an opportunity to step up and take Uh their place after maybe, I don't know, the first couple of years or three. If anyone wants to accept a leading role, then they're going to turn it over to them. Everybody's going to have an opportunity to lead. And you said it's also not too expensive to form. Is there any like legal requirement, like there needs to be a contract or constitution set of rules like you know that how do they enforce that every tuesday of every month they need to come and you know you know they're really it it is informal i haven't seen more than i think there's one that actually wanted to form an entity and set up a set of rules and i said no no no, that's that's overkill guys don't do that uh because most of them are just uh uh, very informal Mm -hmm. they do usually charge the dues 
uh, on a meeting by meeting basis. I think the risk there is if nobody pays for a meeting, how do you pay for your speakers? So mm -hmm. some groups will charge an annual fee and that way they have your money for the year. But whatever works for the various different groups, I've seen pretty much you know everything done. And the big question sometimes, like the group that wanted to form the entity, they because they wanted to know what to do with the money. It was a pretty big club. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to know, do we open a bank account in the name of the study club? You know, what do we do with the money? Um, and most of the times, whoever's leading the, the group will just kind of do the accounting for the money and they may have a separate bank account, but it'll be under the name of their practice. And really, that's not even a requirement. If this is like a once a month or once a quarter thing. Yeah, and it's a lot not a them, lot of money. Right. And most of them, I, I say, would just operate it out of their operating cash, yep. keep a ledger of those expenses, and yep. then divvy them up essentially i mean if you have 12 members and mm -hmm. you can keep track of who's paid and who hasn't mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it yeah. it's pretty informal yeah and i guarantee if you set up bylaws and things like that they are not going to be abided by do not waste <laughs> your time or money yes to set them up yes uh yeah that's just that's that's too much of a burden it is so robert earlier you also mentioned that during these uh, meetings the bigger ones the bigger study clubs may sometimes bring in a motivational speaker and that kind of tells me that it's not always talking about work. And maybe it has a lot to do with, you know, camaraderie that Lynn was talking about earlier. Uh, I agree with that. It's not always all about work. It's, uh, you know, to some degree about socializing and networking. And I think some of the uh, speakers that it depends on the relationships of the members in the club. Sometimes you can get a, a really good motivational speaker to come uh, without asking for any fee. And those are some of the best, I think, meetings that I've personally attended. Uh, I'll remember one that I attended several years ago, that, and I still remember to this day something that he suggested that I just, uh, you know, I do a lot of reading, mm. and uh, I, I read a tremendous number of magazine articles. Mm -hmm. And he had suggested that uh, as a learning process, um, every time you go to the newsstand, back then we had newsstands, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> buy a couple magazines that you've never, ever purchased before just to learn something new from the articles. Interesting. And that's the way I discovered, the. I think there's a magazine called Discover, and that's the first time I bought it. It was all about science, and you know, I'm more into math and accounting. And geography. Boring. The weather. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I found that, to me, that was extremely motivational. And, and as I said, I mean, that's probably 20 years ago, and I remember it to this day. So the, the speakers are all about different things. It's not all about dentistry. Well, and some of those motivational speakers are specifically how to relate to people and how to engage people. And if you're not engaging your patients, then you're probably not closing your cases. Whether they need it or not, it's not a question of whether they need the work. The question is whether you they're believing what you're telling them. Yes. And some of the motivational speakers will tell you, teach you how to tell a story, how to get the patient engaged, people in general, but you could especially apply it to, to patients in the chair. Um, and just build those relationships. So, yeah, it's not a technical skill, but it's a good life skill. You know, I would almost argue that that is a technical skill. Well, I know what you mean. True. But it, it, a lot of people can't do that or yeah, don't I see your point. do mm -hmm. that, have to learn to do that. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And again, that goes back to relationship dentistry. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> folks, stay tuned for our future episode. <laughs> I think that one will be great, too, because we're going to it's a case study. We're going to bring a dentist in and he's going to talk about some of the great things that he does in his practice because mm -hmm. his practices mm -hmm. are thriving they're amazing and, yeah, um, and his patients, patients are thrilled yeah. Yeah. So. yeah leave amazing reviews for him just the whole nine yards 
Uh, so, yeah, we have some great episodes in the works for you guys. Um, unless, Robert, you wanted to talk more about Study Club. Uh, I think that pretty much exhausts my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus I think, you know, we also have a limited amount of time where, you know, we need to wrap up the episode. But thank you so much for all that information. I'm sure the listeners have learned a lot today, and they may actually be considering about starting a study club. And if they want to know more, where do they get in touch with us? Of course, they can definitely get in touch with us at info at eandassociates.com. And we always welcome questions. You guys have been asking us questions, so thank you for that. And we look forward to hearing from you. Right. Thank Great. you. Thanks, Ash. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond Bite Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more info, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.